can say is what a week this has been. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome to the weekend edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I recognize that many of you that hear this broadcast only hear it one time per week because there are just a few stations that we have that have been carrying the original weekend show for many years and currently can't fit this program in their Monday through Friday schedule. But we're very thankful for the opportunity that we do have to be heard on additional radio stations besides our regular Monday through Friday stations to be heard also on the weekend. I was thinking this week, it's been a busy week. As you know, we've been down in Florida now, not quite two weeks, and uh, yeah, two weeks now, and uh, so many things we've gotten started, things we're looking forward to, and just to give you an update, like I say, the end of this month, a week from uh, this weekend, I have a wedding to perform here in Florida. And then I have other ministry opportunities we're trying to put together and a radio project to increase the amount of shortwave airtime and frequencies that we currently have. I'm a big believer in in shortwave. And I, I know I've got people that write and say, why invest in such old technology? Why are you on stations that have people that you may not agree with? And I think about it and realize that, hey, I need to be that voice crying in the wilderness with some good news and some helpful news, some useful news, and most important, some real truth. The internet is a great place. Uh, This program airs as a podcast on multiple platforms every day. And I'm thankful for the rapidly increasing audience that we have been granted and given as a podcast. I never anticipated way back in the days of the weekend show that the online audience would be that substantial, but it is growing. But I always look at shortwave in particular and even regular radio. I know we're on on a radio station in, in Delta, Utah, and I'd love to hear from you if you're listening in Delta, Utah on AM 540. Uh, We've had several people contact the program over the last several months. So let me know if you're listening on the station on AM 540 in Delta, Utah. But we're thankful for all the opportunities that we are given. I'm just one voice, one small program on a handful of radio stations and a podcast. I'm not some big time, you know, talk show host with a big, massive audience on big, powerful radio stations in New York and Chicago and Dallas and Los Angeles. We're just on the stations we're on doing what we do. But here's what I've learned about this program since we've been doing it now for, well, we're finishing up our 14th month next week. Hard to believe. In the 14 months of doing this as a daily radio program, there's a few things that I've I've learned along the way. There are a lot of people that do listen to this program on shortwave. Most people that listen as a podcast discovered it first on radio before they started listening for as a convenience to the daily podcast. 
And so it has been great for getting an audience, and there's a still a big number that listens exclusively on shortwave, and I'm thankful for that. And as we go in these very difficult times that we're heading toward, I really believe that we are heading toward some incredibly turbulent times. That's the only word I can come up with, incredibly turbulent times. It may be harder to find this program on the internet. One of the things we, we sometimes fail to recognize that we don't think about, the same tech tyrants that give us all these wonderful platforms are also the ones that can decide very quickly to pull the plug and you're no longer available. I'm reminded of what happened, oh, early this year. And many of you remember the upstart company called Parler. It was going to be the new Twitter without the censorship. You remember that? The new Twitter without the censorship. And everybody's rushing to to go to Parler and, you know, do their thing there. And I even got an account there, but I never used it much. Not that I didn't like it. I just didn't, I just knew it was there. I might need it. Uh, I was using Twitter, but I don't for this program any longer use Twitter. I pulled the plug on that a while back. I just decided it's a handful of people that all they do is argue and yell at each other. And you accomplish little or nothing in the process. And so why raise your blood pressure? You're not going to change other people's minds that are there. It's not really a discussion. It's just yelling at people. And I figured, oh, so who needs it? But see, a good example with Parler, they came along and people like, you know, well-known people you see on Fox News like Dan Bongino and others, they invested heavily into this wonderful platform called Parler. Remember? Parler. But what happened after the election? What happened in January? Well, well, all of a sudden, the people that have the Google Play Store, which is where you get your apps for your Android phones, decided we don't want you on our platform anymore, so they took them out of the Play Store. You can no longer get the Parler app. Well, Apple did the same thing. And so you can no longer get it at the, what is it, the iStore or whatever they call it for the Apple phone. And suddenly, getting new people to have an app to use your platform, it disappeared. Then it got worse. Then it got worse. See, these tech geniuses that put together Parler decided to use Amazon Web Servers. You know, Jeff Bezos' company, Amazon Web Servers, yeah, I just said Jeff Bezos, owner of the Washington Post, that guy. Well, he decided he didn't like what they were doing on Parler, not censoring speech the way he thinks it should be censored. So it gave them just a few days notice to pick up and get out. Parler had nowhere to go. The millions that had subscribed suddenly found their app was dead, the website down. And they've never regained what they lost. And there, there lies the danger in relying too much on what I call the tech giants. You can build this little empire to have the rug totally pulled out from underneath you. In this time we're living in, there, there's a new buzzword out there 
We have to stop misinformation. Misinformation. Anything that disagrees with anything that the government says is misinformation. Anything that goes against a singular narrative on any particular topic, whether it be critical race theory, transgenderism, or even the virus, anything that goes against what the mainstream media has dictated is the truth is labeled as misinformation. Now, I'm amazed how little I get um, bothered by Facebook. I have a lot of friends that are on like their 30th or 32nd 30-day ban. I mean, they've they've been offline for thousands of days because of things that they say that uh, Facebook doesn't like. It doesn't meet the never-defined community standards. And somehow, well, I learned a few secrets, but somehow they kind of leave me alone. I get an occasional warning, and then I know I'm getting too close to the truth when I post something of that nature. So what the tech giants giveth, the tech giants can taketh away. And this is what a lot of people are not understanding. We become so phone centric. I've got my my little old Samsung phone here, sitting next to me as I'm doing the program today, and I use it for news and information and email and you know the other communication that you can do with these things. But I also recognize that at any given moment, any given moment, some of the places I want to go to could just virtually disappear. When I started the radio program, I'm going back now to 2015. We had it on shortwave radio. Uh, It was just on the weekends. It was kind of a filler program. And it was available at a couple of locations online, including, because it didn't cost anything, one of the programs I used converted it to a format that could be used on YouTube where you saw the logo for the program or my picture or some picture that I put up and you could list, you could listen via YouTube. And there were a lot of people that did. And I never really paid much attention to it. I, I would occasionally look. That's back when it was your weekend show. And every once in a while, they, they may have an objection to a piece of music or something that was a part of the program, and they would silence that section. And I, you know, it, it didn't bother me too much. But when I started the daily radio program and started talking about some of this news that is out there, and the politics, and the greed, and the distortions, and the lies, it was about a month or two ago when we were still up in Georgia. I decided to go look at the um, at the YouTube page for Truth to Ponder. I had not even visited it because everything that was done to load it there was automatic. Didn't even pay attention. Didn't need to. And a funny thing I noticed, how many of the programs had disappeared or had warnings or had been silenced? About half. Apparently, I was getting too close to the truth, and the truth is something that the tech tyrants want to control. They want to dictate to you what the narrative is going to be, and you either play by their rules or they pull you off. They cut you off. And for a lot of people, they can't stand that. So they abide by the rules set down by the YouTubes and and, uh, the Facebooks and the Twitters. They remove tweets that were found offensive. 
because they want to be a part of that system. And honestly, I don't care if I'm a part of that system. It's, it's convenient, it's wonderful to have, but if I lose it, well, I'm not going to lose any sleep. There are too many more important things in this life than Facebook and YouTube and all that goes with it and all the silly little videos that are there, little five and 10 second nonsensical videos that are just a total waste of time. Is this what all this technology we've been creating over the last 30, 40 years, is that what it's all about? Silly videos on TikTok, YouTube, or Facebook, is that what it's come down to? Stupid selfies on Instagram? Is that how easily we are entertained? Is that how easily we are distracted from things that are actually important? When I look at the programs that I do, and it's, it's kind of picked up a pattern of late. For those that listen Monday through Friday and can hear the program during the week, not just the weekend, what's been happening is the Monday and Tuesday programs of late have been primarily news-oriented, dealing with topics, dealing with things, and trying to get to some truth that the tech tyrants do not want you to see, the major news outlets like CNN, NBC, MSNBC, and that whole group don't want you to know. After all, they never wanted you to know about the young girl that was raped in a high school in Virginia by a kid claiming to be a transgender who was just using that as a ruse to go into girls' bathrooms. The news tried to bury and hide that because, see, it, it ruins one of their, their famous narratives that transgenderism is totally normal and, and more people really are a, a boy trapped in a girl's body or vice versa than you would ever begin to imagine. Pete Buttigieg, the, the guy that heads up the secretary, of, he's the secretary of transportation. He's been on leave as all the boats pile up offshore in California uh, because he and his uh, male whatever, uh, the two men have adopted a baby and he's trying to be play Mr. Mom. And we're, we're told this is totally normal. Don't you understand? This is normalcy. And I, I go to my Bible and I, I see it as, as the reprobate mind. I see it as mass delusion. That's what the scripture declares. So I've seen Monday and Tuesday's program dealing with news issues, things you need to know about, things that are changing around you and trying to prepare you for the things that may occur. Wednesday of late, because of the travel, I've been helped out, thankfully, uh, having someone fill in. Uh, this week, Jim Calhoun, and the week before, he, he helped me out with, with doing the program, and I appreciate that more than he'll ever know during this very, very busy time. Thursday, we get back to some of the news that's around us, occasionally even doing an interview, and I plan to try to do some more very soon. And Friday has come down to this. Friday is, in essence, the program of hope, the program of realistic hope in a very troubled world. See, if all I ever do Monday through Friday and the weekend is just talk about the news, just talk about how bad things are, but I don't provide you something that is tangible and something that is useful, 
then what's the point? There are plenty of other people that can complain and tell you just how bad the world has become. You don't need me to do that for you. It's one thing to illuminate the news, put the light of God's word on it, and then talk about a solution. Now, just a little bit later on the program, I'm going to share something with you that goes back to 2017. When I talk about hope in a very troubled time, just look at these past months, this year and all the way back to March of last year, when we went to that 15 days to flatten the curve and and all of a sudden restricted numbers of people allowed in, in certain venues and places and churches were told to shut their doors and many did, not just for days or weeks, but for months and some are literally still, still a, a shadow of what they used to be. In a time when you would think that worshiping God, praying to God, reaching out to him for help in this troubled time, we stay home. We watch the news and we stay away from God's word. Now, the enemy of your soul loves that. He just thinks it's marvelous that those that declared themselves to be followers of Christ are just fair-weather friends. And I can remember people saying, well, hopefully someday we'll get back to normal. Well, I got news for you, and it's not good news. It's never going back to normal. I don't care what anybody says. It's never going 100% back to normal the way it was prior to March of last year. Well, let's just say 2019. It's not coming back. And what I want to share in a little bit is something when I was talking in, in 2017, I had the opportunity of speaking at a small church. And they, they were trying to figure out what to do to grow and how to make an impact in their community and, and what are we doing wrong? And this is before we had a pandemic and this is before we had the closures and all the fear and all that goes with it and people staying away. A lot of churches that were struggling two years ago their doors are permanently closed. They're not coming back. In some cases, they were well-meaning, good Christian people that just didn't understand what their obligation of being a child of God truly is for them. Others that were apostate, well, I'm glad they're closed because they were preaching a phony gospel anyway. That message, and you'll hear it in the next segment of the program, I think is more important today now that we're in this mess than it was when I preached and when there wasn't this mess. Remember in 2017, the economy was not bad. Unemployment numbers were just getting better by the month. People were kind of singing a chorus of you know, happy days are here again, even though those that hated for political reasons, much of what was going on, we're, we're trying to sow seeds of discontent and anger and fear. A lot of people for at least a brief period of time were, quote, living the dream, as we used to say. I've watched in my lifetime periods where I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to politics. I, I watched the news. I was well informed. I mean, I knew who my senator and my congressman was, my governor, and even at the state level, I knew who those individuals were. I paid attention. 
but I wasn't obsessed by it. I was busy either in my radio days being on the air, running a radio station, or in the engineering side, maintaining and building radio stations. I was living my life. I was going to my church. In other words, what we used to say, living the dream. You know something? I think a lot of people over the years have become very complacent. We're very divided by politics, but we try to be complacent. We try to just think in terms of getting a bigger house and a newer car and a better education and all that goes with it, a better job. Those are the things that become important. And all of a sudden, the things of God become strangely dim in our lives because suddenly God is in a box and we see him on Sunday and then maybe not every Sunday and then well, it's softball season. Oh, the fish are biting. And, oh, well, there's a football game this afternoon at 1. We need to be getting ready for it. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we've turned our back on God, our creator, Jesus, our savior, the Holy Spirit, our empowerer. And we trade it all in for what the world has to offer. And honestly, what the world has to offer is not that much. So right now, I'm going to take a break. And when we come back, I have something I really do want to share, and I think it's going to be something very important to you. And over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about the things to look for, how to get ourselves back together, how to become Christian community, how to fellowship one with another, how to do the first and most important things. We really need to get back to those basics if we say that we are followers of Christ, period. Too many of of us are not doing it. I'm going to give you the address for the program right now. We're in Florida, traveling a lot, so I have this special address to use for for many months to come. A little bit long, and I apologize, but we needed to do this to make sure the mail is secure. And if you're writing a check, make it payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. And the mailing address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. Then you add on that line number 3248. That's 3248. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248 and we are in the big city or they are Crestview C-R-E-S-T-V-I-E-W Crestview, Florida and the zip code in Crestview, Florida is 32536 that's 32536 like I say this, this ministry I'm an unpaid employee Uh, I feel honored that you take the time to listen. And what we try to do each month is cover the airtime bill. And we're so happy, by the way, I had an opportunity the other night to actually listen to KVOH on my tiny little radio here in Florida. And it was coming in so loud and clear, 11 p.m. Eastern time on 9975. So if you listen on KVOH or Voice of Hope out of Zambia in Africa or some other radio station or WRMI, Take the time to write me, or you can even send me an email. And my personal email address is bob at truth2ponder.com. Bob 
at truth the number two ponder.com this is truth to ponder with bob beerman one times one coming up shalom alechem this is the nice jewish boy jonathan khan your jewish connection bringing you the riches of your jewish roots in jesus now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment God is one God, and he exists as one, yet he exists in three persons. Three. How can three be one? doesn't add up. No matter how you add it up, one plus one plus one equals three, not one. So how can it be? Well, you see, it's not that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit exist independently of each other, but rather the Father is made manifest by the Son. The Son exists by the Father. The Spirit comes by the Son. Each exists by the other. In mathematics, by is represented not by the plus sign, but by the time sign. So to begin to see the mystery, you need to change the equation. One, it's not plus one plus one plus one. It's one times one times one, or one by one by one. One plus one plus one equals three, but one times one times one doesn't equal three, it equals one. What does the triune nature of God have to do with you? Um, very much everything. It's the same with you and God. Most believers relate to God with a great mathematical mistake. They see it as an equation of adding one plus one, God plus them, they plus God. So it's two separate lives living side by side. One plus one equals two. Now two is separateness. It's distance. It can be conflict. That's not the mystery, not the power. The Bible doesn't speak so much of living next to the Lord, but living in the Lord, living by the Lord, through the Lord, and he with you, through you. So the secret of living victoriously is to change the plus line to times. Stop trying to live a life of God next to God. Live the life of God in God. Let God live it through you. Paul said, the life I live, I live it in the Son of God. He lives in me. The secret is to exist by his existence, live by his life, in his moving, love by his love, the two shall become one. How? One plus one equals two, but one times one equals one. Want more? Ask for echad. That's the Hebrew word for one. Now, the free gift for you. What if you discover the place of the Ark of the Covenant? An ancient discovery just as awesome. The mystery of the temple doors, you'll love it. It's our free gift to you. And sapphires, daily spiritual vitamins, guaranteed to revitalize your walk with God. Or a free New Testament. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. You will be blessed, but call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. The Jewish people brought you the blessings of salvation. I invite you to join with me to bring it back to them, to bless those who blessed you and reach the unreached peoples from every nation. Just call now, 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or write me direct. Here's how. The Nice Jewish Boy, just at Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's The Nice Jewish Boy. It's Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Till next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying... Listen, don't just try to add it up. Multiply. Live by God. Let God live by you, in you. Peace be to you, my friend, and Messiah, Tikvatenu, your hope. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to the second part of our Truth to Ponder program. Well, the year was 2017. So that's what, four years, four and a half years ago. Where is the time gone? And, and I got a phone call one night asking if there was any possibility that I could speak at a small church the following day. And they knew it was short notice, but I said, yeah, actually I can. So. I didn't really know what to talk about. I really wasn't all that prepared. But as I drove over to the church with my wife the next day, I'm thinking, I know the church. 
I know they're kind of in this holding pattern. They're not, they're not really growing like they should. And I'm saying, Lord, what is the message I would give to this small group of Christians that gather on Sunday? What are they not hearing? What are they not understanding? And what do they need to be doing? Now, some churches receive a message like that well, and there are changes. Others don't, and you watch them slowly decline and go out of business. I want you to listen carefully to what I said. It's a very short message because, like I said, I was asked the night before if I'd be the guest speaker the next day, and I said I'd be delighted to. And so I just let God speak to my heart, and I got in front of those individuals, and I shared this message really about being the salt and light in our communities. And never before we have we ever seen a time like today when that salt to preserve and that light is so desperately needed in, in the United States, Canada, Australia, anywhere around the world, it is desperately needed. So come with me back four years ago, a little over four years ago to February, February of 2017, and this very special message. Heavenly Father, as we come before you to, to learn from your word, to spend time together, to come closer to you by the power of your Holy Spirit, open our ears and our minds to hear what you have for us today. For this we ask in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. I didn't know I'd be preaching today until yesterday, but that's fine. That's fine. I remember years ago when I was wrestling with the call to go into the ministry. This is back in the 1990s. I was working for a Bible college at the time, but in the radio side, I had no intention of doing anything like this. But as I wrestled with it, a guy that I knew, a Christian and Missionary Alliance pastor who was there at the college, I knew quite well, and I'm, I'm talking to him about maybe I'll do the seminary work, maybe I'll pursue this, maybe I'm, I don't know. And he said, let me tell you, my friend, if you decide to do this, always be ready to do three things on an instant, to preach, pray, or die. That's it. If you can figure that one out, then you're good to go in God's ministry. And I've never forgotten that. Always be ready to preach from the heart, to pray for the need, and give your life if called. Simple enough. And so here we are today. And I thought, as I, this extra opportunity I did not anticipate, what could we share today? What could we do today? And I really hadn't had time to study the lectionary at all. I just kind of meditated, Lord, where would you want this message to go today? And all I kept hearing, even before I saw what the lectionary was, was talking about his church, his people, and what they do. This has been on my mind for quite a while. And here today we see in the gospel that Jesus has, he, he talks about light, he talks about salt, We've all heard this, we are salt and light. Jesus points it out today. How do we get a clear understanding of what Jesus meant? Salt is a wonderful thing if you like high blood pressure. 
Salt makes french fries taste great. But that's not what they used salt for back in the days of Jesus Christ. It was a preservative. Long before we invented the icebox followed by the refrigerator, we preserved meat with salt so it wouldn't spoil. Now, this is a little before my time, but my grandmother would tell me that when she was a child in the early, early 1900s, and they would go out to Long Island, they had these, like, potato ditches where they literally had a hut halfway underground to preserve food. It kept it at a reasonable temperature in the 50s or so, not hot, not frozen, just kind of in between. Many basements in the houses in parts of the country keep a pretty consistent temperature no matter what the upstairs outside temperature is. And so salt was used to preserve food. To preserve food. Now, let's look at light for a second. One of the most horrible things we can ever endure especially when you're a young married guy starting out, is to one night go for a midnight snack and turn the light on in the refrigerator and what do you see crawling across the counter? A roach. And what does the roach do when that light comes on? He scatters. He runs. He disappears. So, we are the light and salt of the world. Evil loves darkness. It hates the light. It despises the light. You know, when you look at the spectrum of light, you can get to some pretty incredible light beams the eye cannot see. But it will purify everything in its path. It'll leave it clean. They use certain ultraviolet radiation to kill those nasty germs. It can be done. And Jesus understood the light spectrum better than we do. After all, the Old Testament says that he is the creator. I guess he would understand what he means by light. Not just the visible spectrum, but the spectrums we can't even see. We are the light of the world that can cleanse, illuminate, that can expose the darkness. And we also are the preservative, the salt. I believe with all my heart, and I've seen this over the years, even in declining cultures over the last three, four, five hundred years, their decline has been slowed down by the presence of true believers that are still the salt and light of the world. As we live our lives with the faith that we have, when we become the salt and life, we preserve and delay and believe it or not, minimize the judgment that God has bought upon certain nations over the centuries. We become 
You remember the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, if I can find just one righteous, two righteous, whatever. You know, the reason they were spared for so long is one of his people were there. Salt and light. Eventually, it over, it's overcome in many cultures. But it is the salt and light. And so we are called to bigger and greater things than ourselves. To be salt and light. We don't have the power within us. We are given that power from on high. This is what St. Paul refers to. You know, this wisdom of men versus the wisdom of God. You saw that dichotomy laid out today in the epistle lesson. Where if anybody understood what God was all about, they wouldn't have crucified the Son of Glory. But they don't understand. They don't get it. Only by the Spirit of God do we understand those spiritual things that are folly to our human mind. So, as I told my wife this morning, so she goes, where's this sermon going to go today? A little bit of housekeeping for this church. And I thought this would be just one of those rare opportunities because it's been on my heart all week. And when, when Father Steve said, my shoulder is killing me and I can't do this today, I'm thinking, Lord, I hate it. You have to sideline him with a bad shoulder. But you had this on my heart all week, and I was busting at the seams hoping to talk about it next week. And here we are. We have this marvelous opportunity as a small little church to do things greater than ourselves. If you've ever looked at a small itty-bitty candle, it doesn't do much. I'm going to show my age now. Who ever heard of a group called Jethro Tull? Yeah, yeah, there are a few of you out there that will admit to it. I remember it was one of my first rock concerts that I ever went to, Jethro Tull. I was different, you know, back in the day. And I had never understood until that day, I'm there, and everybody has a big lighter, and at a certain point, everybody lights up their little light. One by one by one, these little lights. Everyone, you know, you've seen them at rock concerts. You've got to hold that lighter up there. And before you know it, there's a sea of light all around. And these little lighters that don't have a whole lot of power, when you get, oh, I don't know, eight, nine, ten thousand of them going at once, it does generate a wee bit of light. And that's kind of like you and I. The light that I have only illuminates so much space around me. What did Jesus say? Let your light shine before men that they may see what you're up to, what you're doing for me. But I only have so much light. You have so much light. You have so much light. But when we keep like a birthday cake for a 62-year-old like I was, you know, we set the house on fire with all that light. When we were one, it was cute. Now we have the fire department there, and we're setting a blaze. As we share our light together in this place, your light, my light, your light, your light, it gets brighter and more noticeable to those around us. I have been praying. We had a... And, and you know, Steve and I got together a few weeks ago. We were having, we had a, just a delightful conversation. As we both are trying to discern and understand God's wisdom for 
our individual ministries and this church. What are we called here to do? Do you realize, do you realize that in less than 10 days from now will be the anniversary one year of when Lori and I showed up here one Sunday by surprise, the day after we got engaged? We got married in this church. And we never anticipated a relationship with this church when we first came here. I never anticipated I'd be preaching again anytime soon or celebrating the communion with you. But here we are. And from day one, Father Steve and I both knew there's a reason, but we don't know what it is yet. But we'll figure it out in time. We're still trying to figure it out. Yet I look at the world, the opportunity, where my life has changed, the things that I, that I never thought I could ever do for the kingdom, I now can, both in the context of a local congregation and a greater community around, that weren't there a year ago or two years ago, but they are now. I see this building, as I told you, I think, last week, doing more than just a 10.30 Sunday morning service. If all we are doing is a 10.30 Sunday morning service, then why do we pay as much as we do for the facility if we're not, that's not being a good steward. Now, if this building begins to be used, let's say, for a community service on a Saturday for those that have no other place to go because of work schedules today, let's be honest. I have a person that I know that ironically discovered my radio show who lives in this area who would love to come to church but his job requires him to be the one day a week he has to be in his management position is Sunday morning. Oh, he's available Saturday afternoon but forget Sunday morning. And there are some 24-7 businesses now that deal with that problem. This is not 1962 where everything shut down on a Sunday and everybody came, unless you're the power company or a thread mill in South Carolina, you were pretty much right, you could come. But now we have everything competing for this one hour, whether it's a Walmart, whether it's a Lowe's, whether it's a Home Depot, whether it's Sports Authority or what, you name it, there's so much competition. Even scheduling softball games on a Sunday morning, you know, to have the kids go there, you have to make a choice. I remember years ago, it was 2003, late 2003, and I was already wrestling with what I was seeing then, which has not gotten any different now. And I, I talked to several people in the church where I was at saying, you know, the Lord is just laying on my heart to do something on a Saturday, but not exactly what we're doing here on a Sunday. And understand the tradition that I was in, as some of you know, I was in one of those really high church, 1928 prayer book, really old hymn. You think the 85 is old. We had the 1940. And we had the 28 book with the these and thous. And we had a pipe organ and we had stained glass windows and we had the smells and bells, everything going on. And I kept looking at the community where this church building was located. And I'm saying, 
You got these young people that are the lost generation already. Let us be honest. I grew up at a time when my parents insured and made sure that I was in church every Sunday. And because I was in a choir, sometimes two or three services on a Sunday morning. My church had five services every Sunday morning. And I was a in the children's choir, then the men and boys choir, and the mixed choir. And other special group and ensembles. And so it was not uncommon to get up really early and sing in the men and boys choir at 8 and then at 9.15 be in the mixed choir and then be with some other group at 11. Typical Sunday for me. I loved it. I actually did. But today we don't have that sense of commitment in families. My generation, who was given so much from the greatest generation that went through the Depression and a world war, wanted to make sure we had such great lives, they tended to spoil us a little bit. And so many of my generation getting out on their own, it's Sunday and we're so busy and now we're both working to get a bigger and better house than our parents even had and then we get our kids and guess what? They're not exposed. And now we have another generation, the grandkids, who are even less exposed and have no reference point. They've never been inside of a church. They don't know the hymns. They wouldn't understand a liturgy if it hit them on the head. They don't get it. So I was already beginning to witness in my heart in 2003, something has got to be done because we have disconnected and unplugged an entire generation. If I was to bring in, oh, I don't know, 15 people today that have not been in a church in their 20, 25 years of life, what would they comprehend from here? Nothing. They have no, they, they, they're grounded in nothing. We have to be like St. Paul was, like Barnabas was, and understand their audience knew nothing about any of this. They started from scratch. When Paul is in Greece and Athens, he's trying to figure, how do I connect the gospel of Jesus Christ with these people? And he notices, if you look in the book of Acts, the Greeks, with all their gods, want to cover all their bases, so they had a temple to the unknown God, just in case we missed. <laughs> no, really, seriously. And so St. Paul looked at that, looks at his partner, hey, got an idea here. I am here to preach your unknown God, but my God is greater than all your gods combined. Sometimes we have to use the things that God has around us to reach the world. We can sit here selfishly and say, we're going to do it our way, and this is all we do. 10.30 Sunday morning, you be here. And then we are no longer being salt and light. We cease being a preservative in our community. We hide our light inside the four walls and nobody ever sees it. I want you to pray. There's a reason this place is here that is greater than us, greater than me, greater than you, greater than Steve, greater than anything. There is a reason. And I want the conversation to start. How do we reach? How do we grow? And how do we fulfill that calling 
of truly being salt and light in this world and in this place. Amen.
It is my sincere prayer that that message that I shared over four years ago was a blessing to you and even a help to you in where you are in your Christian walk. I know for some of you, I won't be talking to you until next weekend. Others, you'll be hearing us either as a podcast or you'll be hearing us on shortwave Monday through Friday. And we'll get back to our regular news-oriented programs again on Monday. Now, for those who would like to find out more and even learn how to hear the program as a podcast, we have a website, and that's truththenumber2ponder.com. That is truththenumber2ponder.com. There you can hear current broadcasts and even ones from not long ago. They're all there inventoried for you. And you can also subscribe to the podcast at our podcast primary site. And so whenever a new podcast is out, you too can be be notified. This program is now getting ready to finish up its 14th month. And at the end of this month, you know, we have a wedding and then a a birthday to celebrate and a lot of projects to to keep ourselves busy in, in terms of all of it has a ministry component, every bit of it. All the work I'm doing has a ministry component attached. And so I would really appreciate more than words can ever express that you pray for me. There's some days that doing this program, I'm weak, I'm tired. I'm not used to, at my age, doing some of the labor that I'm doing again. It was different when I was in my 30s and 40s, but now that I'm getting close to 70, some of that work, especially when it's hot, and it's sweaty, and it's just backbreaking. it does take its toll. So please keep in your prayers. We'll be coming to the end of the month and the next week, and some radio bills to pay as we go into the month of November. And if there's any way that you can possibly help, would you do so? Our mailing address for the program, where you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, that's our parent, That's the ministry I developed years ago, Ancient Word Radio. And that address is 5753 Highway 85 North. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. And you add the number 3248. Once again, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. And the city is Crestview, C-R-E-S-T-V-I-E-W, Crestview, Florida. And the zip code, 32536. One more time, 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. Your letters of encouragement, letting me know about this program, how it's helped you, Maybe you have some ideas and suggestions. I get a lot of those, and believe it or not, I read all the email. I really do. I will warn you that during this time of travel, sometimes replying with any length is not as easy as as it normally was in Georgia. So we're getting behind on some of the correspondence. So please forgive me in advance as we're keeping a pretty pretty hectic schedule. But keep us in prayer, and uh, we'll be back on Monday looking again at the news and trying to give you some truth to ponder, but most important, some real hope in this very dangerous world. This has been Truth to Ponder 
with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.